The Carolina Hurricanes are in their 25th season. And with that, the Carolina Hurricanes have a lot of what-if scenarios that have happened throughout the years. In today's episode, I will be joined by Colin as we discuss all of those what-if scenarios. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I am, of course, your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of the day. And in today's episode, I am joined by Colin from the Home Ice Advantage podcast. He is the Canes historian on Twitter. How are you doing today, Colin? I'm doing pretty well. I would put a huge asterisk after (laughs) Canes historian, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you are the guy with all the facts, though. So I, I try. I try. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a while back, you know, I uh, just on a whim posted, um, you know, just a what if scenario. And that's the one we'll start off with today. And it just really popped off way more than I was expecting it to. I was just doing it as a little fun thing. And I asked the question of what if Frederick Anderson signed whenever he was drafted by the Hurricanes back in 2010? And you, this is obviously all what if scenarios. This could have went a million different ways uh, for all of these questions. But, you know, let's say, you know, the same regime was still in place. I don't know how good Freddie ends up being because if we look at that regime from that time period, especially, you know, you get past 2010 to like the 2012, 2013, you know, range, not great. Um, so you know, obviously you know, he could have turned out to be fantastic, but I don't think we see the same Frederick Anderson that we see today. If he signed with the hurricanes back then, um, I think it's, I don't know if that would have been best for his career. You're a hundred percent right on that. First of all, uh, when you actually go back and look at it, um, Jimmy Rutherford was talking about how he should have been the NHL backup that year. Freddie Anderson was not ready to be an NHL backup. So they would have just destroyed his career potential. Mm-hmm. It's also, we had a giant, when, when we drafted Freddie in the summer, we had this huge pipeline of goalies that diminished to almost nothing five games into the season. Yeah. So he would have gotten NHL ice time. Yeah. And yeah, it just wasn't best for his career. Obviously it's fun. You had to look back at those pictures, like that draft picture I posted. It's a weird fever dream, obviously. And then, you know, the uh, training camp pictures and, and stuff like that. You know, from that time period, it's obviously fun to go back and look at. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, it was not best for his career. And ultimately, I think he made the right decision by opting not to sign and then getting drafted again by Anaheim a couple years later. And then, you know, playing with Anaheim, winning a Jennings there, going up to Toronto after that, and then eventually finding his way back to Raleigh, winning another yeah. Jennings trophy. Uh, but 
you also chimed in with two questions. Uh, the first being, what if Keith Primo hadn't held out and we never made the trade for Brenda Moore? That is one, in my opinion, where I don't know what this franchise as a whole looks like at that point because I've said many times over the course of this show that Rod Brindamore is the Hurricanes. He's been here through almost all of it, you know, whether it be as a player or a coach or whatever. He's been here for almost all of it. I genuinely do not know what this franchise, not just team, franchise looks like if it's still here. Or, or what I I do not know, and it it's a weird multiverse question. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, again, you said it at the top, but this is all galaxy braining. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to Rod, I, I've been kicking this around in my head for a couple months now. What What if Keith Primo didn't act like a child and mm-hmm. hold out? And I only say that because he held out multiple times. Like this was a strategy of Primo, but not my point. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the Hurricanes aren't what they are today. So Ron Francis only became captain after Primo left. Mm-hmm. So that's one big thing right there. Ron Francis doesn't become captain, at least for several more years. And then Rod Brindamore, I mean, I don't have to tell anyone who listens to this podcast what he means. Yeah. He, exactly what you said, he is the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Like, without him, do we go on that run in 02? Yeah. I don't know. Do we win on the run in 06? 06. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of his leadership. And I know. Maybe 2009, we're just going to ignore because, I mean, Rod is great. I'm not going to be smart his name. But when when you actually look at the numbers, too, Primo only ended up playing another, like, mm, I think it was 300 games for the Phillies Mm -hmm. before he ultimately had to retire because of concussions. Rod played almost 700 games for us. Mm -hmm. So that's an extra 400 games we got out of this deal, all because. Peter Camanos was a child and Keith Primo was a child. Yep. Yeah, it, it's yeah, that's just one this organization does not look the way it does today and it's there's genuinely no telling what it looks like. Uh the second question you had is what if Scott Stevens hadn't hit Shane Willis? That's another one where it's just, you know, one of those things, uh, you know, a lot of other questions, you know, were were regarding, you know, if someone stayed healthy Um, and it's a very, it's very weird um, because it could have just gone so many different ways. Uh, Obviously, everyone knows, you know, uh, how Scott Stevens was back in the day. And yeah, had he not hit Shane Willis? Shane is definitely looked at in a different light. That's for sure. Yeah. And the reason I I find it so interesting is because prior to the hit, Shane Willis was scoring at like Mm -hmm. 0.6 points per game, which isn't incredible. He's not the next Connor McDavid or Wayne Gretzky at the time, but that for a depth player. Oh my God. Like we're going to go places here. And then post hit, I think it was like 0.1. Like it, it destroyed how he played. And of course it will. After taking a big hit like that, you're going to become more of a defensive player and you're going to be less willing to take risks. And ultimately, that hit can be directly traced to the end of Willis's career. Yeah, and I don't have it in front of me, but how old was he when he got that hit? I think he was 22 or 23. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I knew he was, he was young too. So yeah. again, you know, if that hadn't happened... 
again, we're looking at him in a whole different light because, you know, you mentioned what he was scoring at at the time for a depth player. He's still, you know, in his early 20s, you know, four years down the line, you know, he's, uh, you know, in his mid late 20s, you know, he's entering his prime more to say. And who's to say, you know, he does it. He moves up from a depth player to a main guy. You know, you just you don't know. Uh, again, that's the whole situation with this is, you know, it's all big. What ifs? Uh, but yeah, it, his career just as a whole would, would have played out so much differently. But also, I don't know if he would have stayed long. Also very true. Again, yeah. you know, so many what ifs, you know, you know, he has that momentum building and then has a momentum, you know, on his side. Then he goes and gets a nice contract, you know, in, I don't Vancouver or, or wherever, yeah, you know, wherever, yeah. you know, um, and then, you know, breaks out there and, you know, just continues to develop, but you know, that doesn't happen. Also, um, I don't know if he would have come back in the mm-hmm. role he has because yeah. a lot of people don't realize that some people do. It's Shane Willis is now unreplaceable for development and youth mm-hmm. hockey in North Carolina. Oh, Eventually absolutely. when we have that all-star player, um, maybe we'll never have an Austin Matthews, but a Sebastian Ajo from Raleigh could totally happen. And a lot of that's going to be due to Shane Willis because prior to his involvement, our like youth hockey participation, and by ours I mean the Hurricanes, was kind yeah. of terrible. Peter Comanos was not good at it. And yeah. you can really see the change under Shane Willis. Yeah, you seriously can. I mean, you know, you have you know parents posting all the time on whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, them being at youth hockey uh games and events whether it be wake competition center back when raleigh center ice uh was still the place and all these other places that chain is almost always there and i remember uh when i went to go pick up my stuff for the 5k this year shane was there and yeah i know that's more of a community thing but he's been vital and like you said irreplaceable in just growing uh youth hockey and the hurricanes uh presence in the community and it's yeah it's irreplaceable yeah and next andrew uh schnitker he posted the question of what if the canes win game 82 and make the playoffs in 2011 this one's tricky because i want to say you know we go on this amazing run because to that point if we made the playoffs we went on this amazing run Mm -hmm. but no it wouldn't have changed anything. It would have made the drought a little bit shorter, and maybe I wouldn't be forwarded at the Dark Ages anymore. But we would have faced off against Washington that year. Mm-hmm. We had no business yeah. playing against Washington. And, I mean, we would have lost. We just would have lost in the first round. It would have been what it was. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Been fun. The drought would have been uh, less than what it was. But... Yeah, ultimately that one just doesn't change anything other than you know more playoff merch. Yeah, you know, outside of that, that doesn't really change anything. Uh, Josh Holdner asks, "What if Lindholm never gets traded?" Um, obviously that means Dougie Hamilton is never a Hurricane. Uh, but it would definitely would have been interesting, um, for sure because. Right around that time, you know, you had 
you know, Rod Brendamore, you know, and Don Waddell taking over as far as regime change goes, and we see what they are now. Imagine how Lindholm is in this current system, you know, once they really get going. And it would have been very, very interesting because we see how he's panned out in Calgary. So it would have been fun, but ultimately I think is it was the right move because we needed a guy like Dougie Hamilton. I, I excuse me. I hundred percent agree with that. It's actually Dougie doesn't get enough credit for his um I don't know, I don't want to say attitude, but his attitude towards the fans. Because yeah. when he first joined the team, again, we're, we're leaving the dark ages. Dundon's just coming aboard, Wardell's coming well, Rodell isn't coming aboard, but he's in a prominent role and yeah. Brindamore gets promoted. It's uh, it, it's so hard to be able to quantify what every player in that time period meant to this team. Mm-hmm. And Dougie Hamilton doesn't get enough credit for it. But he really does. I also don't think Lynn Holm would have stayed long term either because Waddell, first of all, this is absolutely no offense to the player. Lynn Holm is a good player, yeah. obviously. He wouldn't have been all one C. That's um, going to be Aho all day, every day. And mm-hmm. we already have such a log jam in the center pipeline. So mm-hmm. I guess we don't get Vinny, but also we got Vinny for practically nothing. So yeah. it's. It, I don't know. I don't, I'm not mad at it at all. I understand some people are, but I'm not mad at it at all. Yeah, I'm not mad at it either. Ultimately, it was the right move to make for sure. And, you know, for Lindholm's career, uh, for the Hurricanes' long-term future, uh, it was the right move. But it it, it is a fun what-if uh, for sure because it's not like, you know, Freddie you know, if he had signed back in the day, you know, I, it obviously doesn't destroy his career, obviously, but Lindholm, yeah, he doesn't stay long-term, but it would have been fun, but ultimately, yeah. yeah, we made the right move making that trade. And next up, Zach Mitchell asked, what if the Red Wings didn't match the Fedorov offer sheet? I laughed at this one the second I saw it because the Fedorov offer sheet was Peter Kamano's just being a jerk. Like he a hundred percent was mm-hmm. just being a jerk to um, Red Wings owner, Mike. Uh, I can't remember his last name. He is past, uh, but wow, that's embarrassing. Anyways, you're good. The, he just did not like the Red Wings owner. They were both um, tycoons of Detroit business. Kamano's um, mm-hmm. The, I really don't remember this guy's name. doesn't matter. He was the CEO of Little Caesars, and they feuded a lot. It apparently all came back down to, like, Little Caesars said they were going to use CompuWare in their stores, and they didn't, and then ever since, Peter Comanos hated them. So this contract had $14 million in signing bonuses. And then if the team made the Eastern Conference Finals, he would get another $12 million in bonuses. Yeah, that's it's twenty six million dollars in a single year. Like that's absurd. It was and that was a long time ago. Twenty six yeah, million dollars too. That's nineteen ninety eight money. Like yeah, that's a exactly. lot of money. Um, that's a lot of five dollar pizzas. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so if he if the Red Wings didn't match it, we don't have the money. Uh, yeah, we don't have the Peter money for Kamala's, a lot of stuff in that time period. Yeah, Peter Kamanos was poor. I mean, I understand, like, he's a very rich man. But, like, yeah. in their terms of hockey ownership, yeah. he is not. There was a reason yeah. why we were always made fun of and he never spent any money. It's because he yeah. didn't have it. Yeah, uh, I know. It's, 
yeah, it, it really just comes down to pettiness there. I know a lot of people, you know, talked about the uh, Cotton Yemi offer sheet being petty as well whenever it happened. I know some people still do, but ultimately I think that one was more thought out than this. Folks, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when the threat is ill, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Their monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real, so you get the highest priority police dispatch. So right now, you can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. This one yeah. right here. That, that one's not petty because they wanted the player. Like oh, that, yeah, I know. That, that's just a Montreal, um, yeah. you know, yeah, like, they're fans, they're, they're yeah. not true hockey fans in Montreal, so they don't pay attention to the news, um, <laughs> because we had it been well known that, um, yeah, we wanted Cock and Yemi, and then yeah. when we had our opportunity, hey, we have money, yeah, let's we go have get money. Him. yeah, it was just a that $20 signing bonus. Oh, I mean, that was petty, don't get me wrong, or the yeah. uh, the reverse card on Twitter. All of that was petty, but yeah. the overall move yeah, itself the deal was not. Itself was not, but like the $20 signing bonus, the social media stuff, yeah. yeah. It's still very entertaining, though, for sure. Uh, and this is the next one. Um, the next question, uh, several people uh, posed this question, so I'm just going to kind of lump it all into one. Uh, what if Yoni Pikkinen, uh was never hurt? How much longer would he would have played? Would the icing rule have changed? And that one, the one I just read comes from at Mr. Rutherford 1106 on Twitter. But several people asked, uh, what if he had stayed healthy? I don't think it would have made a lasting difference. No offense yeah. to Pickenin. He wasn't a franchise player. Um, yeah. But yeah, he could have played another four or five years. Yeah. And I, I don't think they would have changed the rule. At least not yet. It would have. It, unfortunately, a lot of times in the NHL, it takes incidents like that for rules to be changed. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they're, they're just stuck in the ways. You know, no one at the board of governors meeting is thinking of the dangers of the icing rule until one of their players get hurt, and then now all of a sudden, it's all they want to talk about. Yep. It, exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. Maybe as. He has a few more years left in him, but yeah, like you said, it wouldn't have gotten changed. And yeah, it, it like you said, take sometimes it takes guys getting hurt for things to change like that, regardless of it's hockey, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. But ultimately, yeah, like you said, I don't think it you know makes a huge long term 
uh, impact. Uh, Hunter Tyson asks, unfortunately can't help but wonder what if Adam Fox wasn't so stubborn about wanting to play for New York when he was traded to us. You know, I used to, uh, I don't want to say hate Adam Fox because, you know, that's a strong word for a man I've never met, but I didn't like him because of this. Um, yeah. He, he was nicer to us than he was to Calgary because he just straight up told Calgary, I will never play for you. This will not happen. And at least down here, he was like, well, you know, we're talking. We'll see what happens, which was yeah. obviously a lie. But I respected yeah. that he signed the long-term deal with the Rangers because if he didn't, I would have had a chip on my shoulder until the end of time. But yeah. this is a completely different team with Adam Fox on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it we really is. Yeah, the TDA thing would have never come up. It would have never happened. Brett Burns would still be in San Jose. And, I mean, what is his current contract worth? Like 9.5, I think? It's up there. I yeah, know that's... for a fact it's up there. So who don't we have now? Because we had to pay Adam Fox $9.5 million. Yeah, I know you also, uh, we just mentioned the Cotney Emmy offer sheet, you know, because yeah. that wasn't cheap. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, him signing that extension, just, what happens there? Sveshnikov, uh, his, his long-term deal, uh, and you know all these other guys that we've brought in since then uh, that have some are still here, some are gone. You know that, yeah, it is a totally different team, and I'd like to think it would be a yeah you know, at least on par with what we have now. But again, like you, you pay him so much money, like what? who isn't here or who gets traded you know because that's a lot of cap room you gotta make uh free up for that deal god forbid they have to trade jordan stall because he makes a lot of money for i mean uh, absolutely no disrespect jordan stall is currently overpaid that is true yeah but i'm fine with paint overpaying him right now because it's jordan freaking stall i'm fine with it yeah yeah dougie hamilton also would have left with absolutely no drama if we had Adam Fox. Yeah, they would have just been like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. I, we Thank hate to see you go, guy. but yeah. all right, you know. It also makes you wonder, you know, what goaltenders do we have? You know, yeah. are we able to afford, you know, Freddie Anderson, what we paid him? Yeah, you know, if I remember correctly, he's like in the $4 million range? 4.5? Yeah, like 4 4.5. You know, are, you can't, you may not be able to afford that, you know, maybe you can still afford Ranta, but maybe you're not able to afford Freddie. But yeah, that's one that really, that's a big what if. Um, but next, Nick Bertuzzi asks, what if Rod wasn't hired as head coach? Like we said earlier uh, with the uh, trade, you know, whenever he came here years ago, this is not the same team. This is not the same organization. Because we all know just how much of an impact he's had in changing the culture around the team on the ice, off the ice. It isn't the same team, that's for sure. He he would definitely still be around. Oh I yeah, for much. sure. He, it's not like he wouldn't be a part of the yeah. organization. I don't know if he would be, you know, special assistant to Waddell or an assistant or whatever, but he would still be around. But it wouldn't like at the time before he agreed to the be the coach in 2018 uh it was there was a lot about like it could be daryl sutter or barry trotz who had just come off winning the cup with um washington Mm -hmm. and 
so overall, I think like we do progress and we eventually make the playoffs. I think yeah. all of that would have still happened. And maybe, fingers crossed, we would be a cup contender today. But part of the magic of Rod is like, if you're Sebastian Ajo and you know your coach is coming to talk to you and say it's Daryl Sutter, and he's like, hey, this is how you take face-offs. Trust me, I'm like a good coach. It's a lot mm-hmm. different from Rod Brindamore sitting next to you in your stall being like, hey, man, this is how you need to take face-offs. And then as he's walking away, you look up and see the photo of him with a cup for that very franchise. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if, if we would have been as good as fast, but I know for a fact the magic of that first year of making the playoffs right at the end and then going on that run that we had no business going on wouldn't have happened. None of that would have happened. Yeah, it really wouldn't have. And because you know, so many folks have mentioned it when it comes to playing for this team, whether they're still playing with for them, if they've left, whatever, that you know, everyone respects and listens to Rod Brendamore. He's a player's coach. He's done it. He knows what it takes, like you said, of uh, sitting in your stall next to to him and saying, This is how you want to take faceoffs. You look up. There's his picture on the wall hoisting the Stanley Cup. His pictures are everywhere. Like he knows what he's talking about. And people listen to him. People respect him. Not saying Daryl Sutter isn't respected. I'm not saying that at all. But, you know, Rod Burnmore did what he's coaching you on. And he knows how to get to his players and get the best out of them. And yeah, I, I think they make the playoffs if they. Again, we're just saying Daryl Sutter. I think they make the playoffs. They're still a playoff team, but does it happen in that first year? I don't know. Remember, January 1st, they're second to last in the league. You know, I, I don't know if that happens, but ultimately, it was the right move. That's for darn sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got a question asking, what if the Canes drafted Eric Carlson 14th overall instead of Zach Boychuk. I look at this very much like the Freddie Anderson one. You look at the time period it was. Yeah, I don't think it's the Errol Carlson we saw in Ottawa. Yeah, he hasn't necessarily been the best in San Jose, in my opinion, definitely overpaid. Um, but, you know, it's. I, I don't think, you know, he's a player that gets overpaid like that, that yeah. can get a contract like that if he came into the Hurricanes organization at that time. Again, same thing we were saying about Freddie Anderson. He is not the same player that we ended up seeing. Yeah. Mm. he. I don't think he would have been as good as he was in Ottawa. And he's clearly yeah. taking a step back in San Jose. And that, that just is what it is. But... I think we, like, we would have made the playoffs in 2011 if he was on the roster. Yeah, that could have happened. So maybe we make the playoffs two more times than we would have without him. But mm-hmm. ultimately, we're still, you know, the struggling team from a college town that can't do anything right. I don't think it changes the trajectory of the team almost at all. Yeah, yeah. Again, like you said, maybe you get a couple more playoff trips out of it. But he's not the player he was in Ottawa, that's for sure. Because like we mentioned, you know, the just hurricanes at the time just 
they weren't a very good place to be uh, if you're a rookie coming in. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Aaron Cohen asking, what if Brett Hull hadn't redirected that late shot in regulation to tie game three of the 2002 Stanley Cup final? Oof. This is a Hurricanes fan of a certain age. They go back mm-hmm. to this all the time. And I don't mean that yep. in an insulting way. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I have my things I go back to and say, like, you know, if 09 had just played out differently. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we would have never beat that Red Wings team. It was cool that we were there. It was awesome we were there. You know, that's an amazing run. And it brought a ton of fans to the organization from the area. Mm-hmm. But we had no business beating that Detroit Red Wings. They had, yeah. what, nine or ten Hall of Fame players? Not to mention yeah. their head coach was Scotty Bowman. Like, yeah. no. You had no business beating them whatsoever. Okay, we win game three. We still lose. Okay? We yeah. still lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ultimately, yeah, that, that doesn't change it. Detroit still wins the Stanley Cup. Just those Red Wings teams were ridiculous. Uh, Red Wings are still winning the Stanley Cup for sure. Uh, I think the real question would have been, uh, what if the Hurricanes hadn't touched the trophy after winning the Eastern Conference Finals and cursed themselves? <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I read an interview uh, from Ron Francis from like two years ago. It was right before the expansion draft, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was asked, like, well, you know, what's the biggest regret of your career? And he literally said, touching that trophy. <laughs> he was like, it's, it's, I've never lived it down. It comes up all the time. Well, you shouldn't have touched it, bro. Uh, yeah, Ron, don't know tell you. Yeah, I know it, but yeah, again, ultimately, yeah, the Red Wings still win that Stanley Cup for sure. There was uh, also a little bit of magic, and that it was Scotty Bowman's last year. Yeah, yeah, I that mean, is true. That's just another thing to sprinkle on top that we wouldn't have gotten to it. Yeah, very true. The Storm Seller asks. What if Pete had moved the Whalers to Las Vegas? This is one I thought about a lot. Um, because you look at all right, it's 97. Uh, yes, you do have that boom of hockey in Southern California with LA, Anaheim, uh, San Jose, you know, with Gretzky coming in, the Mighty Ducks movie, and just all that stuff. Uh, but it hadn't the boom of non-traditional hockey markets was still a few years away and it really didn't take off until like within like the past 10 years but you know i do kind of look at you know those early 2000s you know with tampa or or with dallas winning the cup tampa us anaheim uh those non-traditional markets i do kind of look at that as kind of the start of that boom but I don't really know if that team succeeds in Vegas because I know they are the butt of a lot of jokes, but you look at Arizona today. Yeah, they're yep. in that same region as all those Southern California teams, but nobody cares about them. You know, everyone makes the jokes about the arena that they're playing in now, and that is what it is, but I don't think that team succeeds in Vegas. I think that ultimately it struggles uh for sure um maybe uh, obviously when it's brand new you know everyone's going to it you know because it's the new shiny thing but 
ultimately i don't know if it succeeds there and maybe it ends up getting moved uh but yeah it's one that i don't i don't think it works i'm going to ready yeah so i'm going to rephrase the question slightly from what if pete had moved the team to what if gary bettman allowed Carmanos to move the team because that was his first choice uh Carmanos wanted to go to vegas and mm-hmm. Kamano uh, said no. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman said no. Uh, mm-hmm. He, I mean, he had just come from the NBA, what, five, six years earlier. And the NBA had a ton of gambling controversies at the time. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it cost Michael Jordan, you know, a season. Like, that yeah. happened. Uh, so Batman wanted nothing to do with Vegas. But if he had allowed uh, Kamano to move the team there, I think you're 100% right. It wouldn't have lasted. And it wouldn't have lasted because it, it's hard to break into a new market like that. And at the time, you would have been mm-hmm. the only professional sport, which works for you. That, that would help you draw more people. You know, hockey fans coming from Canada or the West Coast, I'm sorry, or the East Coast to Vegas are going to come and watch a hockey game because they're used to it. But Peter Comanos didn't have the money to make that happen. Yeah. Just plain and simple. He didn't have the money to make that happen. So maybe the team lasts four or five years, and then either Peter Camanos sells the team or has to relocate the team again. It wouldn't have lasted in Vegas long. I also think that Raleigh would have eventually gotten an NHL team either way. Yeah, it's just a matter of which team it yeah. would have been. Uh, but yeah, obviously Vegas does well now. Yeah. They are obviously were ready whenever they got uh, the Golden Knights and already now yeah but yeah just at the time just that area just wasn't it just wasn't ready for it and they they needed the right the right team and at the time that was not the right team and obviously you brought up everything with Batman, so that obviously plays a big uh, part in it as well but vegas there were definitely still a few years and a few is an understatement yeah. uh years away at from least two just, decades yeah uh, just being ready you know for a professional hockey team i think you know obviously nba nfl uh you know there's they're not there yet but mlb i think that stuff would have succeeded there at that time but hockey i just I don't yeah. see it succeeding uh there in the late 90s early 2000s yeah just that that boom of non-traditional hockey markets just wasn't it just wasn't there yet yeah and yeah it, it would have been a very fun what if though that that's for sure uh but next 